Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Jen. And I'm your co-host, Shane Carvalho. Shane, I can't believe uh, it's already the end of November. It's crazy how time flies. I feel like it's been, well, it has been a month since we kind of last talked and like recorded a podcast. So how, how have you been, man? You know, some people get to go on vacation more often and longer than others. No, no, good for you. It's well, well deserved, obviously. I mean, especially for, you know, your partner as well. I mean, she, her work shifts and her schedule, I mean, tremendous. But um, yeah, no, I am uh, hanging in there. It's been a little overwhelming with launching, you know, the construction division. We, we've been blessed with work and growing the crew. And um, one of my favorite parts of the industry, obviously, is transforming properties and having a larger hand in that now, once again, is is exciting. I'm just trying not to let it take too much of my time away from, you know, real estate because it's easy to it's easy to be on a job site and get carried away. And I mean, heck, I even jumped on a tractor here a couple of times this week. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, that part's been Good. But yeah, the year's gone by way too fast. We are coming into my favorite time of year and I'm hoping that it's a joyous one. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, the new year. I'm just ready to hit a hard reset and go bigger, better, stronger, faster, and all of it, you know. How about you? How was that? How was the time away? Uh, the time away was was really good. I think it was it was necessary. It was needed. It was also informative, I think, because for me, it's like from a personality perspective. Sianna and I went on a vacation for about, you know, close to two and a half weeks. We hit up New York, Montreal, Chicago. It's interesting because I realized that with my personality, I feel like I can only go on vacation for like a week at a time because <laughs> literally after like eight days, I mean, I enjoyed the company. I love hanging out with Anna and our friends that we met up with in New York. But after like eight days, I started feeling like antsy. I feel like I was just like slacking and I wasn't doing enough. And like right around that time was probably when I jumped online and actually like, you know, we we did a meeting where we were uh, prospecting a little bit and I was talking to Tara and I was getting my VA set up on work. And that actually made me feel more accomplished. And I was like, okay, now I can kind of enjoy the, the rest of, of my vacation. So from a professional perspective, I think that was very uh, enlightening for me. From my personal perspective, it's funny, Anna and I were talking. And, you know, after we came back from vacation, I think we were both like, oh, we didn't really get sick of each other. So, you know, I'll, that's a good sign, I think. But after dating for close, you know, three years and, you know, going on a vacation for like 16, 18 days and not being sick of each other, I think, you know. I was going to say, like, I'm sure that she was not missing work. Definitely not. <laughs> like, I remember early in my career when I used to wear suits and you know, in sales and mortgage and everything. Like, on my days off, I would still get dressed. Like, I was, it was weird. I had such a hard time. And I didn't know what to do with myself when I wasn't working. I didn't know how to just relax. I think I've gotten better about that. It's interesting that you would get antsy after a week because, you know, with your career and the way things go i guess for me since it's so much dependent on just me for like to drive obviously the business runs without me but being the main driver of the business i mean i could see having that fear but for you you know obviously with you know one of your ventures it's you know it's like you can you earned it and then you can leave other people in charge and you shouldn't lose any production or any we 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 don't but i think like before i was leaving like you know with my with my corporate job like we were you know there were some big meetings coming up and i was trying to prep folks on that and so i think that's the part that was driving me a little bit antsy because i was like oh how how did it go you know i'm not there like i can't answer last minute questions you know it's like my role on the team is one where it's like I'm kind of like the backbone of connecting different dots together and like really like doing a lot of the the executive level like business. And so there's there's a part of me that's just like, oh, I hope it went well. I hope it went well. And then they did. But I think that was, you know, with one of my ventures, what was kind of causing me a little bit of anxiety. And then on the real estate side, what was causing me anxiety was, you know, 
we'd recently brought on some new agents and they're always like, they're gung-ho about stuff. And I think that was the other part that was making me feel antsy is like, you know, like I know they're obviously doing, they're very capable, more than capable of doing their own thing. But then I also just wanted to make sure like I checked in with them just to see how they were doing and, you know, wanting to see how I could support them because, you know, like we, like we've talked about, you know, with, within our brokerage, like, you know, there are people who just sponsor people into the company and then kind of leave them, let them be right. And they're off to their own devices. But one of the great things about, you know, our, our group, our organization, like we may not always have everything set up correctly or have all the right answers, but we're always willing to be there to support the agents that we bring in. And I think that's, that's just something that's set apart. And that's something that, you know, I wanted to make sure I continued, even though I was on vacation. Well, yeah. And you're good about that. You've, you're, you're good about being very systematized and organized and able to touch all those points. You know, I'm not engineering, but you know, my background is not engineering. It's more sales people. And uh, being a people person, salesperson, you kind of like, you get caught up on, you know, the social side or what's hot or what's going on versus knowing how to like remove yourself to honor your schedule. You know, I'm guilty of sometimes not. So that's a great trait to have. And that's why I always tell you're way more efficient than I am. I think this is why the partnership works well, right? Like you, you are very good at conversing and talking with people. And I'm very good about keeping things organized yeah. as best as I can. Probably annoy you sometimes because I'm late. I'll say the one thing I appreciate, like, I mean, you and I have talked about this offline, but, you know, I'm really, really excited about the, you know, the growth that we're seeing in, in our organization and our teams, like the, the agents that we're bringing in right now, because, you know, they are very excited. They are very, you know, gung ho. And I think I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's one of those things where I always say like with my agents, like I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with you on a periodic basis. Right. But it can't just always be on me. You have to be proactive about reaching out too. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate about, especially a lot of the recent agents that we brought on is like, we're not afraid to like raise their hand. And even if it's something that might seem like simple, you know, they're not afraid to raise their hand and just be like, hey, like, what do you think about this? Or like, do you have an easy solution for this? Because like, oftentimes, if you don't ask the question, you know, you could be, you're not, you're never going to know the answer. And you could potentially be like spending time on something that you don't have to be because somebody else already figured it out. Um, and so that's one of the things I appreciate about some of the new, especially about a lot of the new agents that are brought up that we've brought in is they're, they're focused, they're motivated, but they're also willing to qu ask questions. And I think that's really an important part of just building a really effective like group of agents and network of agents that we can kind of work well with together. A big part of it is that, you know, we're very optimistic and, you know, moving forward with the business and because yep. we don't just sit back and listen to the news and kick rocks, um, you know, that's a contagious energy for those that want to adapt. And just because of the statistics and numbers, I mean, right, like 10% or, you know, 10% make it in the business for the most part. So even within our organization, we can't control, you know, there's going to be those people that stepped away or aren't, you know, as active. But, you know, what I like is that the bulk of people that are, you know, we, because of how our mindset is and how we are, it keeps them super motivated and inspired. Because, I mean, you know how it is, because you've probably been this person before, but you've probably come into like one of your even meetings at work or whatever, where it's like you're all fired up and everybody's glum. And it's like, like, they kill your vibe, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to, so... That's why it's like the reverse with us. It's like you come in energetic and, you know, we're firing you up. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that that's, that is really key. Like you are the top, like what, three, five people that you You're the average of the top five people you spend time with. Exactly. It's true though, right? It's, it's, you know, like when you're in meetings, like you do, no matter who we are as people, like we tend to feed off the energy of the people around us. Right. And like, that's one of the things I've been loving about, you know, even the masterminds that we put on, I think we've gotten a lot better about just bringing that energy, bringing the right people, the right topics, um, to really get better engagement and 
help the agents in our group. And, you know, to your point, like we can't control what they go do with it, right? We can't control, but, you know, if we can at least help provide that environment for them, hopefully that that's something that they can, they can use for their business. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and I've gotten obviously way better at not, you know, because I, I would care too much and try to drag every single person along. I mean, I've gotten better about putting energy where people are putting in the energy. Like I've gotten a lot better about that. And, um, you know, just, you just have to realize that, you know, people have to want it for themselves. You can't help people that don't want to help themselves, you know? Yep. So I want to, I want to kind of go back to your, uh, construction business a little bit. Um, I think it's great that you're kind of kicking that part of the business off, um, for yourself. I know like you kind of grew up and that's grew up in that environment. That's kind of been your background for your construction company. So why don't you share that with, with our listeners? Solid Oak Construction Company, you know, it has a nice ring and, you know, I've ran it by a couple of people and it just seems to resonate. Even my partner was like, yeah, I love that. And um, when you can get someone as objective as her to like buy in, it was like that kind of sealed the deal. But, uh, it, you know, the oak tree has been very iconic in my business and, you know, just the story and everything. And it's recognizable, especially in our area. And so it's interesting because a lot of these initial projects, you know, have been local and uh, it's interesting because a lot of people recognize it. And so, no, I'm glad you like it. I'm really, I'm stoked that there's been so much feedback. I can't wait to get the the swag and get the name and everything out there. We just haven't, we've been so busy that we really haven't put out the social media platforms yet or even, you know, finalized the DBA. Like I have the DBA, I have the domains, but we just haven't even had a chance yet, uh, you know. And one thing I, I think is really cool, um, I think you and I talked about this briefly offline, but, you know, when we interviewed uh, Michael Valdez, he talked about, you know, setting anchor and using those anchor points to kind of continue to grow the business. And I I mean, I, I think the fact that you're leveraging your background in, in general construction is, is pretty smart and like pretty like very strategically brilliant if you think about it it's like you know what what are you going in and do you're helping these people with, with different uh, projects i want to do like whether it's renovating or something else but you are establishing that relationship you're establishing that and then down the road when they have like potential real estate needs it might be the first person they look to i mean it's going to be the person that they've already worked with and built a relationship with. yeah and see and i was missing because i was trying to figure out since i don't like since I, I really haven't been social enough or been out there enough. I mean, honestly, since, you know, well, a lot of it was just my personal health issues the last couple of years, but it's, you know, since COVID, like I really haven't been as out there. And it's interesting because um, I was like, how do I kind of get myself out there locally? And, you know, and how can it, it has to be something you enjoy doing in order to get out there. But honestly, there's a lot of factors. I mean, you and I had some bad experiences with a couple of contractors last year so that that really sealed the deal on. We just got to have it in house. The other thing too, is with how busy contractors are and just the way things are now hard to get, like you really just, it came out of necessity to make sure that we can turn our listings, get our listings on the market in a timely manner. And, and you're right. I mean, building the relationships and just one more way to be in front of people. It's interesting too, because it's like, now we have neighbors loving our project and now we're working on neighbors' houses. We are meeting people, networking, and, you know, obviously they know me as a real estate broker and a general contractor. So it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I see this as potential to, you know, establish even more business. Well, and and the other thing I was going to I was gonna ask is like, let's get practical and tactical for people that are out there. And they, you know, maybe, I mean, it's, you're maybe you're thinking like, I'm interested in renovating my kitchen or my bathroom. Like, what do you think people should look for when they're trying to assess or judge like who makes like what makes for a good general contract? How do they know like they can, you know, what are some things they could they should look for to, to make sure they can trust like, you know, hey, you're going to do a solid job for them? Well, I think a good place to start is check their license online. No, I mean, that sounds like whatever, but I'm serious. Like it's because I mean, you know, contractors are one of those things where especially with how expensive construction is, I mean, 
you give the wrong guy a deposit, he's gone. But I think that, you know, checking their licensing, I think basically checking for referrals, references, you know, do they have a website? Do they have any past projects they could show you? Maybe talk to a couple of recent clients, you know, just see what their experience was like. One thing that you really have to determine too is, and you know this about me, like, I'm not outside with my people just showing up. Like I'm always the face, but I'm actually engaged. Like, yeah, it is my construction or it is my real estate or whatever. The team all has their roles. So make sure it's not one of these contractors that you get the face and then you just have some crew, right? Get some crew on the job and then he's hardly there. You can't reach him, whatever. So I think having someone that's super engaged uh, is important. I think the other thing too is that you know, if you get two or three bids, like don't take the cheapest one, really evaluate them for who they are, what they are. I mean, if you're doing something major, it's probably a house that you want to stay in. Although most of the time people remodel and end up selling, you want to get something quality. I mean, you know, like I have a client right now who's been saving up for this remodel for years and she wants to go big. She spent almost a hundred thousand just on her appliances. She's a fabulous chef. She spent almost a hundred thousand on her appliances. She already has them there. She spent like 40,000 on her cabinets. She spent, you know, like what, 10,000 on her, on her court slabs or quartzite slabs. And, um, we're coming in to kind of orchestrate everything and do, you know, a lot of the rest of the rehab and remodel. And she wants to do like a fireplace and wants to do like, like, we're going to basically come in and do all the construction stuff and bring in the electrician and the plumber as well. She's been saving for a long time, but I mean, based on those numbers, I mean, she's going to spend like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Why would you take the 170 guy over the 195 guy? Like if you saved and you're looking to do a project like at this magnitude, like you can't go qualify someone on price. You really got to qualify on these other factors. So, I mean, I think to be tactical, I mean, those are the steps that I would take. And then also just, just like in real estate, make sure it's a personality match, you know, because even if they're perfect in so many ways, well, oh, they did my friends and they did my other neighbor's house and they're so awesome. Well, yeah, maybe they are, but if you guys just can't get along, then yeah, and depending on the project and the value, it's yeah, you could end up you could end up frustrating yourself a lot more throughout that process, which is not worth you know potentially even what you're saving. The other thing too is that just because you know you did find someone that did a really great job, if you can't see eye to eye, then you know that's that's going to create problems, and so there's got to be somebody else out there that's a better match that could probably do a great job as well. I think that. You know, just like some people only buy one house in their life, you know, it's like, I think that like working with a contractor on a major project, I think that's something a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with either, you know, so that's probably good to ask those kind of questions. I, I basically think that, you know, now having the ability to do this much in-house, I think it's going to open the door for a lot more potential like investment projects that come along because now like the quality control the time control, budget, like, you know, we're going to be all set for that. You're kind of, in a way, like refining what you are, kind of just optimizing and refining like how your teams work together, which is which is great, right? So then when you are met with like an investment project, like what's one of the most important things with that is you really have to have a plan. You have to execute and you have to execute it quickly in, a, in order to be able to see your return. Like we, we learned that the hard way on, on our past investment projects, right? So I think this is going to be great. It's like your teams already know how to work together. They know like what it is you expect. 
And so once you do get your next next flips, like, you know, they should be able to handle them a lot more seamlessly than, you know, other teams that we've used in the past. I think that, um, you know, when I look back at my projects and the ones I've been successful on and, you know, obviously you don't always win. We win most of the time. We don't always win. And if I look back, um, using my own team or my own group, I've never lost. So, but in trying to scale, we had to go out, but now, now like we're actually in position with our construction crew and we're scaling that we're six strong right now, which we could do a lot. But, you know, the goal here for 24 is to be at least 10 strong and, um, you know, we'll be able to turn this stuff fast. We've also got a really good electrician finally, because we needed a, you know, our great electrician converted to commercial and we just didn't have, you know, a good electrician anymore in house. We had this guy, Pat, who actually moved from Canada and got licensed here. And he's awesome. You know, my love for the Canadians, you know, in our business. So yeah, shout out to all my Canadians, but yeah, I, uh, Really am enjoying working with him. He's great. And then, you know, Frank, my other contractor we worked with for years, my buddy Frank, 20 years now, he turned me on to his plumber a while back and that guy rocks. And so we have, when you have your general construction crew and team, that's great, but you still need to have your other subcontractors that handle the things you don't. And so it's nice that we have a really good electrician, a really good plumber, because those were, you know, two holes we had. I'm excited about that as that's well. That's awesome, man. So bigger, faster, stronger. In this in this next year i think that's going to be great yes sir yeah we got some lofty goals and uh yeah in fact it's i better speed up here first quarter is going to crush me we'll have to do a we'll have to do an episode soon on just building building momentum and like setting goals for the new year um and really utilizing kind of the rest of this year to, to start doing that um it is kind of interesting because i'm trying to do the same thing on like from an agent like attraction perspective like i've been getting my va my virtual assistant like we'll probably be listening to this as she's editing this podcast. But one of the things that we've been trying to do is, you know, just get much more standardized in terms of the type of work that she's already been doing with me. And then that way, like once we standardize it, like it, it makes it a lot more easier to, to, to grow and scale as more agents join our team, which I think is super important because, you know, what are, what are the things that agents are looking for when they join a new team is like, well, how, like, how do you help me grow my business? How do you help me with my marketing? How do you help me generate leads? And so that's that's one thing I'm I'm kind of I'm actually really excited to start growing out even more like through the end of this year heading into next year. Yeah, no, I'm excited that you have such a great VA and I'm excited for, you know, how she's helping us as well. I I I'm so impressed cuz I hadn't had the best luck, you know, when I tried to go in that route. I'm so impressed that your first hire has been so uh, Yeah, great. I've been uh, I've been very blessed too. Because I, I mean, I've, I've heard horror stories also, so can't complain. And so far it's been uh, just a great working relationship and well, we'll see, you know, I'm excited to see how it continues to grow. No, me too. And I'm, um, yeah, looking to benefit obviously from her as well. Yeah. There, there's a plug. Um, well, I guess the, the last thing, I mean, you and I are big football fans, so we're in the midst of football season. Um, so we can't do a catch up episode without talking a little bit about football. A big game coming up this weekend for our nine. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> it's just, you know, today. Oh man, now I'm going to have to share it. We don't know when this episode is going to be posted yet. Hopefully before the game happens, but, uh, the, the Niners are playing the Eagles this, this weekend in, in Philadelphia. It's going to be a, a huge game. Eagles are 10 and one Niners are eight and three, I believe. So definitely hoping for a Niners victory so that we can, uh, 
have a shot at the number one seed in the NFC still. I'm going to give I'm going to give the trolls out there some ammunition because what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you for what you think the prediction of the game is going to be this Sunday, and I will give this I will give my answer. Okay, we'll do that before I quote this, but there's going to be a lot of emotion out there for multiple reasons, right? Now, Philadelphia has like their record does not reflect their skill this year. They have not played their best ball yet, and they'll admit that. They're going to have a hard time with the Niners' defense. Like We're missing Hafango, which is a bummer because he's badass, but it's like, you know, we still, our defense is still, it's incredible. And they're going to struggle. Like, they've been struggling against good defenses. And so I honestly don't think they're going to score more than oh, 14 wow. points. All right. All right. That's a big, bold prediction. Okay. And, and the 49ers, I mean, They've been, you know, not huge on running up to score. If I had to put it out there, I see something like 30 okay. to 14. Okay. I uh, I agree with you on the defensive side. It was, uh, especially with the Niners defense, the way they've been playing the last three games. It was interesting because I was looking at some advanced stats. There was, it was a comparison of like the, the 49ers pass rush rate over the last three games, you know, because they went one, they went five and oh lost the next three and then won won the most recent three. And it was showing pass rush rates for that for those three segments. And over the last three games, our pass rush win rates and pass rush like uh scores have been higher than the twenty nineteen team, which was that that defense was just freaking was just lights out with uh DeForest Buckner, with Bosa, with D Ford, like at fully healthy. Like we just freaking like ran over offensive lines, and over the last three games, our pass rush has been better than that team, which is crazy to think about. So, what about the tush push? Are the Eagles going to be? Able, are we going to shut them down on like nobody else has been able to on the one yarders? I mean, it's. I think overall, it's hard to like shut them out every single time, but I think in this game, we're going to get one stop on that tush push. That that'd be huge. Well, here you want you want some. Well, tell me your score prediction first, then I'm going to share something with you. Okay, I, I think for me, I I think the, I mean, it's gonna uh, supposedly it's gonna rain. Um, for me, I would love to see all the haters shut the hell up about Brock Purdy and how he can't play from behind. So I think the Eagles get out to like a one score lead at some point in the game with, with another, another bad, bad call. call. Yeah, because you know the refs <laughs> don't ever seem to call make a call against the Eagles in Philadelphia. But I think ultimately Purdy leads us back. We win twenty-eight to twenty-one. Oh, so you're gonna have me sweating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's what Hassan Reddick had to say about facing San Francisco. In that quote, did you already see this today? Yeah. But you read it. Read it anyways. So Hassan Reddick, right, an, an eagle, said about facing San Francisco. Talk is cheap. They get to come back in the link. It was a lot of boo-hoos last year. A lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here, line that shit up, and prove it again. I mean, we will. I mean, bro, no quarterback in the NFL? What team can play without a quarterback? I mean, they changed the rule because of that game. And that first bad call, I can't believe they didn't even review that. Like, we should have thrown the challenge flag on that horrible not a catch. I mean... That kind of set the tone for the game right off the bat. So, I mean, I really, you know, I don't know. And here, one more thing to say about the link is like, 
So I have friends that are even in real estate and stuff in Philadelphia and, you know, other friends that I've, I've even gone to a wedding in Philadelphia before. I mean, I do have people I know and it's a great place, right? But their fans are horrific. Like their behavior, especially in that playoff game, disgusting. Like, I, you know, did you see how fun it was to see all the Niners on the street in Seattle last week yeah, yeah, when we crushed the Seahawks? I would love to see that in Philadelphia and it would be well-deserved. They were so, I mean, they were spitting on people and just doing like, just disgusting. Like they were just, it's guys, it's a game. Like you can be a fan without being like that. Like it's just nasty. Like I, I hope that we do, well, not I hope, we will. I can't wait to see that victory. I'm putting money on that victory. We, the Niners players even this week have been like purposely quiet, which I think is good. You know, it's just like, you know, hey, we're not going to talk anymore. We talk with our pads. That's what like our our coach always used to tell us. We talk with our pads. I I, I think uh, it's gonna be a fun Sunday. Probably gonna be a little uh, nerve wracking for my for my blood pressure, but I always get like that during any game. But I think we'll we're gonna win it. Yeah, well, I don't. My blood pressure's been a little high the last couple of days. I got to keep that down. <laughs> just they better just hurry up and be out in big lead, so I'm not even worried about it. All right. Well, we're gonna end on that and give the trolls something to to have fun with. Uh, I can't wait to see what they light up on Instagram. That was funny last time. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in to this week's catch-up episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. See you soon. Uh-huh.